Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, April 24th. In today's news, ISIS claims responsibility for the Easter attacks in Sri Lanka. The Supreme Court looks likely to allow a citizenship question on the census. And the Saudis behead 37. But first, the big idea. President Trump said he is opposed to current and former White House aides providing any testimony to congressional panels in the wake of the special counsel report, intensifying a power struggle between his administration and House Democrats. In an interview with The Washington Post's Bob Costa last night, Trump said that complying with congressional requests is unnecessary after the White House cooperated with Bob Mueller's probe. On Tuesday, two White House officials said the administration plans to fight a subpoena issued by the House Judiciary Committee for former White House counsel Don McGahn by asserting executive privilege over his testimony. Meanwhile, the House Oversight Committee moved Tuesday to hold former White House Personnel Security Director Carl Klein in contempt of Congress for refusing to appear at a hearing investigating lapses in White House security clearance procedures. And the Treasury Department defied a demand from House Democrats to turn over six years of the president's tax returns. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin told lawmakers that he will decide formally whether to furnish Trump's tax returns by May 6th. In a 10-page letter to House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Richie Neal from Massachusetts, Mnuchin said the Democratic request for Trump's tax returns raises constitutional issues. White House aides tell our reporters that the administration is still struggling to come up with some kind of compelling legal rationale for refusing to turn over Trump's tax returns because the law is pretty clear that the IRS needs to do it. Taken together, all these moves mark a dramatic escalation of tensions between the president and congressional Democrats, deepening a fight that may ultimately be resolved only by a protracted court battle. Legal experts agree that a White House effort to assert executive privilege over possible testimony by McGahn, as well as other former and current aides who spoke to the special counsel, will face legal challenges. McGahn's lawyer, Bill Burke, began discussions yesterday with the House Judiciary Committee about his client's potential testimony after the panel voted to issue a subpoena on Monday. McGahn was mentioned more than 150 times in Mueller's report and told investigators about how the president pressured him to oust the special counsel and then pushed him to publicly deny the episode. Public testimony by McGahn could create a spectacle that would parallel the June 1973 testimony of Richard Nixon's former White House counsel, John Dean, whose live televised appearance before a Senate committee painted a vivid portrait for the country of the White House cover-up of the Watergate burglary. Former Watergate prosecutor Richard Benveniste says executive privilege was waived when McGahn was permitted to give testimony and be interviewed by Mueller. He said he just doesn't see as a lawyer how the White House can assert privilege with something that has already been revealed. Using an old Watergate expression, Benveniste told us, quote, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this hump day. Number one. The Easter attacks across Sri Lanka demonstrated the resilience of the Islamic State, despite recent territorial losses. Even the landless ISIS is influential as a facilitator of attacks and an inspiration for its followers, including the ones who blew themselves up in churches and hotels on Easter morning, killing at least 321 people. Video yesterday emerged of the suspected ringleader of the attacks and seven followers, their faces obscured by scarves, swearing allegiance to the Islamic State and its leader, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. The Islamic State also issued a formal communique asserting responsibility for the attacks, 
which it said targeted Christians and coalition countries. Sri Lanka's capital of Colombo continues to mourn. Alex Arrow, who lost his son Kieran in the attack, remembered the 11-year-old fifth grader from Sidwell Friends here in D.C. as a successful student. The son dreamed of becoming a neuroscientist. He wanted to discover a cure to Alzheimer's. Number two. The Supreme Court's five Republican-appointed justices appear likely to allow Trump to add a citizenship question to the 2020 census, despite considerable evidence that the question will lead to an undercount of millions of people and disenfranchise immigrant communities. The court's ideological divide was on full display during oral arguments, and its ruling, which is likely to come in June, could be its most important of the term. Every lower court judge who has considered this issue has found that Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross violated federal law and regulations— and attempting to include the question on the census. The lower court judges starkly rebutted Ross's claim that the information was requested by the Justice Department to enforce the Voting Rights Act, which protects minorities. And they noted his consultations with hardline immigrant advocates in the White House beforehand. Meanwhile, Border Patrol agents found a crying three-year-old in the middle of a cornfield yesterday. It was the middle of the night, and he had no possessions, only his name and phone number written on his shoes. The toddler who was found near Brownsville, Texas, in the Rio Grande River Valley, was apparently abandoned by smugglers. Agents believed the toddler had been traveling with a larger group of migrants who ran away when they spotted Border Patrol agents approaching. Agents took the boy to a nearby station and gave him movies to watch while they tried to contact his parents using the phone number on his shoe. But no one answered. So now, he's being transferred to HHS custody. And to put it mildly, an uncertain future. Number three, Saudi Arabia announced that it executed 37 people yesterday who were convicted of ostensibly terrorism-related offenses, bringing the number of executions there in the first four months of 2019 to 105. It was the largest mass execution in Saudi Arabia since 2016, when 47 people were put to death. The vast majority of those executed yesterday were members of Saudi Arabia's Shiite Muslim minority, Those put to death included at least three people who were minors at the time of their alleged crimes and confessed to prosecutors' charges because they were being tortured. That's according to Reprieve, a human rights group that tracks the use of the death penalty in the kingdom. Saudi Arabia generally beheads all prisoners condemned to death in ceremonies performed by executioners using a sword. The punishment is in line with the kingdom's strict interpretation of Islamic law. Mujaba al-Swaikat, one of the people executed yesterday, was arrested at an airport in Saudi Arabia's eastern province in December 2012 as he was preparing to leave the country for a college visit to Western Michigan University. He was 17 at the time. He was charged with disobeying the Saudi monarch by attending street protests, attacking security forces and other offenses, according to Reprieve. The group said he was tortured in prison, denied access to a lawyer during interrogation, and forced to sign a confession admitting the charges brought by prosecutors. This was apparently then used as the pretext to order his execution. Now, Saudi Arabia is ostensibly a U.S. ally, getting tens of billions of dollars a year in the most advanced weapons systems America has to offer, and more recently, thanks to the Trump administration, some highly sensitive nuclear information. These beheadings are a fresh reminder, not that we needed another one, that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is not a reformer. He's anything but. 
And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, April 24th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.